What up, YouTube? It's your boy Banks, and we back in the building. You feel me? It's True Talks, cause True Talks. All right, let's get straight right into it. So you already know. Last night, bruh, yo, I. Pascal, man, like, are you serious? Are you actually serious? Like, double dribble? That's what man's are doing. Double dribble off a great steal by Lowry. Open court. Easy bucket or a pass to GT. Easy. Lemon squeezy. You don't even need to think. Man picks, like, this is what I'm talking about. In the clutch time, I don't trust mine. And I have to just be real, man. Like, I've been trying to tell y'all this from time. I've been trying to tell you that his number one option and this old Pascal being this, this is overboosted. His best case scenario is, you know, being, you know, just able to be himself when you have a main focal point in like Kawhi or another superstar, all-star caliber player to get the buckets, main buckets, be the focal point on offense. And let Pascal just do his, you know, get the ball here and there moments and whatever, like transition as well. The fact that like y'all got to understand, like, you know, you know what, before I even get into that. You already know, man, <laughs> bro, last night, you know, they're facing the Knicks, the Raptors were on the road off a of back-to-back the night before, right? It was a big game. You know, Tr Gary Trent had his 44, 17 of 19 shooting, you know what I'm saying? 7 of 9 for the 3, showing what elite looks like, buckets after buckets. This is not just regular 44. This is actually shot creating, arsenal, step-back threes, pull-ups, like, shot type of, type of 44. This is like elite 44. On par with the clays in them. That's what I'm trying to, like, I've been trying to tell you. It's not just about the stats. It's about the ability. So when a guy who has ability is struggling and keeps showing ability, I never get mad. That's the type of guy that has that, that makeup, an all-star caliber star makeup because he doesn't waver based on his performance. He's still so confident in himself that even when struggling, he could still take a step back. He could still take an ability type of take, a tough type of take because he don't care about if the fact that I'm missing. He believes I, this is me. I'm going to take the next one. While other guys, even some all-star players, even some superstar players, when they're struggling, what do they do? They go to just guaranteed layup, 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 layup. They'll never take an Arsenal take unless they're confident because they're playing well or they're shooting well. And that's when you see those are the type of guys that don't just take over in the clutch because unless it's just layups and when you cut them off from layups, now they have to take over in the clutch. They're not going to shoot it. They're hesitant, whatever. And then they need that other guy to just go get buckets for me. And that's where the most, the most elite guys that you see eye test wise are the guys that have no fear. This is the Kobe, the Jordan, the T-Mac, the Melo, the Katie, the Kyrie, those type of makeup booker, those all, those superstar talent type of guys who are like, you're looking at them in the clutch and like, God damn, Mike. Even like you saw verse, verse, um, last night. Versus who were they facing? Um, the Nuggets with the with Boston Celtics with Tatum struggling, shooting atrocious the whole game. And then in the clutch, what happens? You're seeing Arsenal takes mid-range step backs. And he just turns it on like that because we don't have no fear. At any time, I'm here. Those are the most elite guys. And that's what Gary Trent is displaying. And that's why people don't take away. They just look at the stats and read the stats, like stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? Anyways, before we before I get into all of that. You already know. Let's go into that context because I gave it that context. Let's go straight right into it, boy. So like I was explaining, 
before I even get into the Pascal situation and the whole, you know, we'll go through the trajectory of the whole game. And like, so before we even get into the next game, we'll talk about, continue talking about what I was talking about with Gary Trent, just the ability, what he displayed versus the Cavaliers. When you see, like, people, they just read the stats and they'll say, oh, my God, he shot two for 14. Oh, my God, he did this and he did this and he did that. He shot bad. He's not even that good. The stats say that he's not that good. He does this. The stats don't mean shit when you're looking at eye test and ability. The stats only mean shit when it confirms what we see with our eyes. You don't go to the stats to get a whole synopsis, to get an actual clarification of what a guy is. The stats are supposed to be bonus. The stats are supposed to be, you know, confirm what you're seeing. That's what the stats are supposed to be. They're not supposed to be all in and all, you know, everything goes by the stats. I don't need to see what happens. Let me just go look at the stats and they'll tell me what happens. It's not a, you know, this ain't, this ain't, what's the, what the spark notes? <laughs> this ain't a summary. This ain't that. This is real life basketball. This is like, go look at the game. Watch what's going on, and then the stats will kind of give you clarification. You'll never know. Perfect example, like, you'll never know. Even with Malachi too, like, you'll never know. If you just look at stats, you will never know that these type of buckets they're scoring are Arsenal type of buckets. You'll never know Malachi is pulling up and showing you buckets. You'll never know that his 20 points are different than a guy spotting up in the corners 20 points. You'll never know. Yes, it's jump shots, but there's different takes of jump shots. Did you create one-on-one or did you just need someone to get you open or they helped and you just hit up the spot up? Okay. What if they don't help no more? Are you going to get 20? You're not going to, what if you're not open no more? Are you still going to get the 20? That's what you're seeing in Malachi doing a pull up, right? That's what you'll never know. Even within the misses, you'll never know that this man did an elite take. He just missed. You'll never know that Gary Trent dropped the man off the arsenal, off the read and react spin <laughs> and then pull and he missed it. You'll never know that Manzer, ah, that pull-up should go and he just missed it. You'll never know that Manzer's still taking elite takes because all you see is he missed. He went two for 14. He didn't even shoot that good. You'll never know that even though he missed, the fact that he could create that type of open take, if you go throughout the whole season now, if he keeps creating those type of takes, it's going to be a high percentage take. When, you, when it matters, that's the type of guy you would want to give the ball. You get what I'm saying? That type, you'll never know because if you look at the misses, you'll never see how he missed. <laughs> His misses and a guy's miss, you know, a different guy's misses are two different things. And this is applicable to Gary Trent. You get what I'm saying? Like, people just, again, oh my God, he shot bad. He did this and did that. And those type of fugazi, you know, kind of comments because you just read stats. Norman Powell better and all this type of stuff. Like, I'm taking GT. Like, look what GT is doing in his third season. Go look at what Norman Powell did in his third season. And I hate and I, this is what I hate about casual fans, and I hate about just media. I despise it because I'm forced now to look like I'm shitting on other players when I actually like them, but I have to give a perspective because, again, mans will never understand until you visually or you just verbally shit, have to shit on a guy or digress what that guy is doing to give a perspective that, yo, no, that's not true. You're forced to be in that position because niggas elevate other guys way higher than they actually are, or they decrease and shit on other guys when they shouldn't be, then now in order to give real perspective, you now have to have to say bad things or look at a negative perspective about Norman Powell or any other player. I'm forced to be in that position. It's either I do that or I don't talk at all. But I'm here because at the end of the day, it's about authentic authenticity with the game and, you know, passion for the game. And the passion is showing the real truth about this beautiful sport. The sport is a beautiful sport. <laughs> you know 
know what I'm saying? And it's like like Draymond said, it's delicate too. You can you can mess it up if you don't know what you're talking about. You could taint and you know dilute the game. You can mess it up. It's like you're trying to create you know elite juice. You know when you're trying to make those canned juices, you, you want to use tang. You want to use uh what is what is what's the other one? Uh, um what's the one? You want to use high C. You want to use Minute Maid, Fruit Punch, however you want to make it up the can. When you want to make it for the kids, you know what I mean? You got to use the right perfect amount of juice and water ratio. If you use too much water, you could dilute it. It could taste fugazi. To some people, that juice tastes like ass because you didn't make it right. It's really delicate. You got to have the perfect ratio, the perfect balance to understand how this juice can be elite. And it can even taste better than some, some you know, McDonald's drinks. That's what I'm trying to say. You got to use the right ratio, the right balance. That's exactly how this sport is. If you could dilute this sport that it just looks like fugaziness, that player looks like garbage, you could dilute it with these fugazi, you know, narratives. Or you could use the real IQ, real eye test, and you'll appreciate the sport even more. You know what I'm saying? And that's the battle that I'm facing, a battle that a lot of us who actually know the game and understand the game and have IQ for the game and love the game are facing, you know? We're at a, you know, we're at a disadvantage, we're outnumbered, but it don't matter. At the end of the day, we're trying to get it where majority of fans now end up being the IQ fans. And that's what, you know, that's the job and the fight that we all are on. No matter what podcast, you'll know who's real. You know as IQ, you know what I'm saying? And those are, that's the fight we on. So now that we move past that, like, you can't just look at GT. Because now those games when the ability meets the skill meets the output in terms of points and stats, they go, it's only one game. <laughs> and it's like, come on, man. Like, yo, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. Just crazy. But anyways, GT, like I said, remember when Pascal's not there, you know, Van Vliet hasn't been there and even Lowry wasn't there. You're going to see Trent's usage rise up. And I don't think Trent's usage would actually change that much from Van Vliet and Lowry. You're starting to see, even when Lowry came back versus the Knicks, you're starting to see they actually understand that this guy's a dog. So they actually go to him more. They don't get mad if he don't pass. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, stuff like that. You started to, they involve him more. Even Nurse, they involve him more because they understand his ability. But who takes away from Trent? It's Pascal. And that's what I've been said because Pascal, even when man's pick and they pop for him, you'll watch, you'll see Pascal will hold the ball extra because he wants to just go to work. He wants to prove something. He wants to do all this extra stuff. And it's like, I'm never mad at a player doing that, especially when you're the main guy. I will never be mad. Like, go do you. And if it's not there, then, you know, facilitate or whatever, facilitate and pass or whatever. I'm never mad because we already know what it is. But when you're not that guy, not only that, even if you're that guy and you don't have ability and the man is frying off ability, use him. When you don't have ability, stop holding the ball. Or if you're going to hold the ball, at least do something. Why are you holding the ball? To do what? To do what? To do what? And that's what cheeses me. Like, he always be doing that with Pascal, man. It gets frustrated. Let the man eat. Let the man build and get more even acclimated, more comfortable. His efficiency will only rise when he gets more comfortable. Remember, he just got integrated to the team. The fact that he's doing this and he just came to the team is, actually, is a 10 times benefit. Only star ta talent could do that. You don't see role players go to a new team and just start frying off the gate. He has potential there. And that's why you hear the hoopla matches with Trent. That's why you hear. This is rare, the rare case where he's getting the hoopla from the Raptors fans and it's rightfully so. It's deservingly so. You know me. If it's not deservingly so, I'll shit on that shit too fast and say, no, that's cap. This is not cap. You know what I'm saying? So, like, 
anyways, now you've seen with the next game. The next came, and you've seen he wasn't getting too, too many shots to start. You know what I mean? Because you already know uh, GT's going to get in his bag out the gate. You know what I'm saying? Out the gate, he's going to. But, you know, they're trying to, you know, now you have Pascal. The lineup is different. We get it. And stuff like that, right? So he's not the focal point. You know, you're going to go to Pascal and do whatever you're going to do. When I think that's cap, they should make GT one. Like, GT's the best shot creator on the team. So they should transition from that. But you already know it's politics of the NBA. He's the all-star. He's the entitled guy. You get what I'm saying? But you know, you know how it goes. So, you know, Pascal struggling. GT with a little bit of struggle and stuff like that. And the Raptors, you know, we're getting, we're getting that work on you, right? But the Knicks was going to work. You know, you have Randall, obviously. And you have guys getting buckets, right? So their defense wasn't the greatest. Stuff like that. It was a struggle. And then what happened in the third quarter? When GT snaps, the game changes. That's what tells you everything. This is why I tell you the most impactful player and the most per on the team, when that player snaps, the outcome normally changes. That's when you know, okay, that guy is really that. There's so many guys that they get their buckets and it's like water points. Even when they're losing, they're still having their 30s. Even when they're losing, they're still having their 20s because it's all paint. It's not Arsenal. It doesn't demoralize the other team. It's not like, oh, God damn, that guy frying. Like, this is context that players even on the court kind of like, maybe just easy points. They kind of feel like we're not trying that much. That's why he's scoring. Like, like that's a Hooper's mind. No, if we want to guard him, we can lock him up. But, you know, we just allow him. He's just going to the paint. It's transition. Ah, whatever. You know, we don't really. And that's kind of Pascal's bucket. So when he has 30, that's why you can see Pascal have 30 and they still be losing. Or it's still a close game. Trent fries, the game changing. Trent fries, they up how many versus Cle Cleveland? Like, guys like that who have Arsenal, when they fry, you demoralize the other team. So, Trent all of a sudden starts frying in the third, right? Now the old, and not only that, when you start frying, when an ability Arsenal guy starts frying, the, uh, your own team feels so amped. You're like, God damn, now everyone starts frying with him. You start hitting shots. When you see guys making tough shots, step back. Oh, okay, he here today. I got to bring it up. Like, your eyes just be like, yo, bruh, this is elite. You just automatically, as a teammate, you don't you just snap out whatever you're dealing with. You just break out of it like yo, we here. You just get amped. Because you're watching elite you're watching eliteness. That's a one that's another context that you don't hear people talk about. But if you hear the players, they won't they don't even need to say it. But if a player will tell you off the court, he'll tell you that, yo, it's true. That feeling, like men's don't even have to say it and look at you and say, Yo, you're fine, I'm here with you. Don't have to physically verbally say it. It's just that that's what they're thinking in their minds. Like, God, like they're, yo, oh, he here. You play better defense. Like, oh, he here. He here now. Oh, oh, yeah. And then now another guy get a bucket. That's why you hear the bench. Yeah, they start screaming. Every man feels amped. And then the whole game momentum shifts just like that. It's like what you saw with Kyrie in the finals in the 3-1 lead. Stuff like, like, it's stuff like that. That's, that really is like, it dictates a lot more than you ever know. So, GT start frying in the third, and now you just start seeing, you know, you start seeing the whole lead, the whole energy start changing. You see New York's palms getting sweaty, too, because they start getting demoralized. So now if they don't hit a shot, it's like the shots become bigger and bigger and bigger. Who scores becomes bigger. The pressure becomes bigger and bigger and bigger on each every possession. Raptors are locking them. Now the Raptors are up, right? And then now all of a sudden now, even now when GT's out the game, and then now, uh, um, um, what's it called? Malachi and the bench guys are in the game. What do you start seeing? Malachi now takes over and does the GT bag. And now, it, you know, it flows into Malachi. And he starts frying. Buckets. Pull-up threes. Straight frying. Pull-up one-two mid-range, right? Like, 
You're seeing him fry. And then now you're seeing now the lead even increase and increase and increase. They go up there basically, I think they went up almost seven or eight, whatever it was. And he scored a three in the corner. And what happened? They took that shit away. And I had a problem with that. At first, I was kind of like, at first I was like, yo, his heel, like, it looks like he's out of bounds, but he's not out of bounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, his heel is actually above. His heel is actually above. Like, it, and that's what cheesed me, too. Those ones on the baseline or on the sideline, like, it looks like his heel is clamped or his foot. Like, it's like this, and it's on the line, right? I'll even put up the picture. It looks like it's actually, you know, on the line. But if you zoom in and you actually look closely, there's a space between, like, it's, it, it looks like it's, it's over, but it's not touching. It's over, but it's not touching. And the picture, when you zoom in, doesn't, it doesn't let you see fully that it's actually, you know, over it looks like it's touching but it's not it's actually up it's up you could see the just look at his heel base it's actually up how he's planted no one shoots flat-footed like that on the catch on the land that's how you tear your achilles you catch on your tippy toes and you go up so his heels is pointed up so the back is actually up he's not stepping on it and you know other angles show that he wasn't stepping on it and it was a bad call from the from the refs and more so why i say it's a bad call because it has to be conclusive for you to overturn right there in those picks and on those footage, it doesn't look like it's conclusive. It's not conclusive. Because the call is, it's a three-point bucket. You have to have it so conclusive that it's like, nah, that ha that's on the line. We overturned. And, you know, they overturned it, and I didn't like that. Because that, that right there is the, where the game is lost. That right there changes the whole trajectory of the game. You know what I mean? There's certain buckets they might not make. There's, you know what I mean? Because they're up by three. You have more cushion. You can run out clock. There's so many different ways this game could go. Just by those three points on the board at that time. You know what I'm saying? And right now, exactly like when you take away three points, now it's a, you're even closer to even tying the game. You get more energy. You get more boost. You can see the end of the tunnel from the Knicks. You add those three points, their takes might not be the same down there. They might rush on one, two. You know what I'm saying? The Raptors will not have poise. Slow it down, right? Like, because you, you're ahead. You're not also rushing yourself, trying to get a bucket, right? So you add those factors, and it's a completely different outcome. More so in the Raptors' favor. Right. So I didn't like that call that changed the trajectory of the game. Right. In terms of the Raptors winning the game. That was a hello crucial call. I didn't like that at all. Right. I look from multiple angles. It's not even a biased look like, you know me, if it's if it's real, if it's true, I'm going to be no pun intended. I'm going to be I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk about it. But at the end of the day, like I didn't think that was conclusive. And even if let's say his foot was on the line, it wasn't clear. Like I said, it wasn't clear enough to overturn it. So, you know, I think he wasn't. but. You know, the refs, obviously, they saw a different thing in, in the actual, you know, Secaucus, they, whatever they saw. But, you know, that you take away those three points. Now, that's not enough to say, oh, that's why they lost. Like, yes, in the, in the vacuum, at the end of it, yes. But now in that moment, now Raptors had multiple possessions and opportunities to score. Multiple possessions. Gary Trent missed a one-two open pull-up pull when they were down. But that was that curl play that Nurse runs for him off the baseline, right? Um And, uh... That one, you know, off the sideline, that one they ran in the corner there off the curl, and he missed that one. But even then, that was when they were down. But there was times they were up, you know, Pascal, one, two bad take. You know, Lowry, he he did blow by and take a couple good takes. Pascal at the end, helping helping off of R.J. Barrett in the corner. No IQ. I know you want to help on Randall, but you'd rather live with the two in that situation than to give up a three. He gave up a three. And even then, when he gave up a three. What happens? <laughs> they miss a take. Remember with the Gary Trent. Then now they come back. They're still down two, right? 
They're still down two. Then what happens now? Bruh. <laughs> they play defense. They have shot clock in their favor, so they didn't have to foul, right? It was perfect, perfect two-for-one situation. They didn't have to foul. Then what happens? You know, they put it in Burke's hands because he has been doing closing ability, right? He has been doing closing ability to give it to Burks. And then what does he do? He turns over because they did a one-two, like they blitz it, kind of trap, whatever. And then he was forced to pass to the to the skip to the to the 45. And what happens? He made a bad pass, and Lowry's right there in the lane, gets the steal. Two-hand, perfect. Gives it to Pascal exactly where you want Pascal. In a transition situation, he doesn't have to think. This is what you do. This is your strength. When you have someone who messes up on their strength, that's why I try to tell you it's all mental frail, mentally frail, mental weakness, men not mentally strong. How could you now suss something that is your strength? That's when you know you're not mentally strong in the clutch at all. Because at worst, mentally frail normally applies to you can't do anything outside your strength. Because you're mentally weak, you won't even take it. Because you're nervous, your palms are sweaty, you ain't confident. Because there's other guys who don't even do what they normally do in the clutch. Because it's clutch, they rise their level of play. You know, that's like Rondo. There's other guys who don't shoot threes, you know what I mean? But they all of a sudden they'll hit threes. Butler, the list goes on. But what does Pascal do? We didn't even say, okay, you just don't do something outside of what you normally do. You know, okay, you struggled. This is something, when you now... Mess up something that's your strength. That is the ultimate top tier 10 out of 10 version mentally frail on the ladder. That's what he is. And I'm, yes, it sounds like I'm being harsh. And I haven't even talked about Pascal in a long time. But how could you get it in transition? And then your brain is so, you know, you, you bust your scalati. Your, your brain is so fugazi that your brain goes in overload because do I pass or do I go for a take? That little split-second decision, your brain just went, ah, ah, and then you double, you, I want to, ah, and then you double, you double dribble. Double, like, that's like, that's so, that's elementary. That's so basic. Double dribble? It's not even like you traveled. Double dribble? Like, so your brain couldn't tell, oh, and then just stop, and then pass, hand off to Boucher trailing? <laughs> or push shot from there? Or a man will curl to you? At worst, like, your brain couldn't even comprehend that you actually picked up the ball. That's when you know you literally are daring headlights. You know those ones, daring headlights, you didn't think in the moment you made a bad decision. Your palms were suddenly you were nervous. You were embarrassed, stuff like that. That's what happened. That's literally what happened. Atrocity. Double dribble? Bruh. And look at everyone's reaction. Trent, Boucher, Lowry. Even Lowry's talking to RJ Barrett like, yo. This nigga, man. Everybody across the board. Like, God, like, that's when you know you did something so atrocious that your own teammates don't even just be like, come back on D. It's all good. Like, they actually just look at you like, oh, my. Like, what? You did that? Out of everything, you did that? You, at least if you got a charge. You did that? Bruh, like, I try to tell people, man. Like, that's where I, I hope nurse. And this is where now, at this point, it's beyond the players. At this point, we know what Pascal is. Nurse. You have to now. This is the difference. This is what I liked about Casey. He made tough decisions. Even if it will get uh, even if it'll get DeRozan mad. Even if it'll get JV mad. Bench him. Let him know. 
He did it to Pascal one time, and Pascal went off on him. That don't matter. You're not that. You're like, bro, I, I could not be. Like, bro, they didn't want to see me as a coach of the Raptors. They didn't want to see me as a coach of the Raptors. They didn't want to see me like, like, this is why you hear some hoopers. Like, they say, like, when I'm done and I'm retired, I can't be a coach because the way I might handle some of these guys, like, we're going into locker room and we're squaring up. We squaring up. Like, we actually, we going to square up. You going to talk to, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a son you today. I'm a son you today. Ian, like, we squaring up. And who wins, who wins. And it won't come out because I'm going to keep your ego strong because I'm going to fold you. It won't come out. I'm going to keep your ego strong. Oh, no one will know. You know say we'll close all the doors, lock it off. And then we, you know, it's just us and the players. In fact, no. Everybody out. It's not getting leaked. Everybody out, we close the doors and it's me and you. And all they hear is noise. I win. We don't hear nothing. You win. <laughs> you could go tell them and say you send the coach. And then from there, I'll take the L. And you, you got it, fam. But that's not happening. If I win, <laughs> no one says nothing. We just go all about our next day, come back, and everyone else come back in the locker room, and we continue like nothing happened. That's what, But you know. That's all that matters. As long as you know. You know. That all of that bark ends today. I'm the dog. It ends today. What I say goes. Like, see, that's why, that's why a lot of the, like, hoopers, man, come on now. They're competitive. You know what I mean, man? They're so like, alphas, extreme alphas. Like, that's why they can't be coaches. That's why you didn't see Kobe be a coach. That's why, you know, you hear Draymond say that, yo, I don't know if I could be a coach. Like, like there's certain things that you see these, these young mans. It's like, you, like, bro, we're not the same. I'm a hump, like, or you see some of them even just be an assistant coach. Like, the Chaunceys in them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, or they'll be a coach and it has to be only the elite only. Like, they can't be in a coach of, like, Fugazi. Like, it's because, it's, like, the way I will handle it and the way, like, it's supposed to be handled is two different things. Two different things. So, like, come on now, like, bro, this is on, at this point, like, maybe, you know, Pascal won the battle and, you know, all of that type of stuff. So now, like, he still gets the number one option or role and, like, and, you know, still gets the, like, he's the focal point of the offense type of role and the main guy and whatever, whatever, and nothing changed. But that's, if it's me, if I'm nurse, I'm changing that shit. I've seen too much. I've seen too much. I've seen too much. Like, you want to make a push? You're losing games. You want to make a push? Like, you, come on now. I've seen too much. Change it up. Even if you don't bench him, let him know that you're... No, stop giving it to him. Lowry, you make that play. And it's not, it's not even Lowry's fault. Like, he's supposed to hit him. Like, that's who you're supposed... Like, if anything... Oh, he doesn't have to think now. Let me hit Pascal. Perfect. What? Transition? Pascal, that's you. Oh, we're about to get a bucket. Spin. <laughs> and, like, look. Then we win. And then now look. Bro, that's atrocity, man. Like, so... Bruh, I haven't went off in a minute. I haven't went off in a minute, and this is not even fully going off, because what I really want to say, I'm not going to say. You know what I'm saying? Because at this point, you already know, like, it's beating a dead horse. You know what I'm saying? It's beating a dead horse. But, like, I, I just, it's funny just how, remember, I just keep going back to, like, I'm always going to bring it up, because when I was speaking about Pascal in that light, y'all were saying I was a hater, and I'm, you know, I'm disrespectful, and this and that. You're not a Raptors fan, and this and that. And then now it's to the point where y'all have even mentioned and trade him. Y'all are getting tired of him yourselves. You're saying you're better without him. Don't even play him. All, all of this, I'm seeing a lot of y'all fans saying, not, maybe not a lot of y'all on this on the comments, but I'm seeing it all over Twitter and IG. I'm seeing, all you know, majority is everyone's ether in this man. You know what I'm saying? And, like, again, I always say it's not his fault. It's y'all fault. Y'all propelled him into this light. 
y'all put him part part of that money he's getting a majority of that money he's getting is y'all not his play because there's so many guys who have that play that don't get the number one option all of a sudden there's so many guys they still know that you only got those buckets at that high rate because Kawhi or that superstar was there we already know that you're not superstar level we know that so you'll get third option two uh, two option money not number one you know what i'm saying so like Y'all propelled him to that. Y'all made, you know, the GMs and the Raptors organization believe that he's that. He can replace Kawhi and all this type of stuff. Like, no, Kawhi was irreplaceable until you get another superstar. Not not Pascal. No, <laughs> we don't do that. We don't do that. <laughs> Bro, that's crazy, man. So at the end of the day, like now it's we already know what it is. We already know who's who at this point. Now, nurse has to manage better. Nurse has to pick the spots better dictate who does what better you know what i'm saying at the end of the day he could say it all day and then the the players could you know avoid it and still go to pascal and still do whatever they do but at the end of the day if you're really that type of coach real coaches you'll see but how they coach bad teams really tells you how great how they manage eagles will tell you how great a coach is and we already know that nurse is a great coach like i'm not discrediting him we already know because they he overachieved already with a mediocre team we seen that last year right but I'm talking about when they're struggling and when now eagles are at hand and now mans are yelling and all that type of stuff. Like, humble him, turn it around. You know, we gonna change. Oh, you don't talk up. All right, say less. Trent, you got it. Lowry, you got it. Flynn, you got it. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Like, but you already know. I mean, Pascal being who he is is actually part of Nurse. So I don't think Nurse is gonna do that. Nurse is a good guy and he's more so like, I believe in you that like. He's believing in him. And I know maybe it's waivers at times with all these Fugazi moves, but he's believing in him, right? So he's like, I'm, I'm going to continue to ride with him because Pascal being this is because Nurse, Nurse made a gamble, right? No one saw Pascal as being this guy. Pat, no, once Nurse became a head coach, he elevated him to number two option, you know, elevated him OD when they got Kawhi that same year. That was Nurse's first year. So, you know, that's, that's the bond they have. So, like, Yes, he's mad at, you know, Pascal yelled at him and did all that bullshit, whatever. But Nurse is not going to react a way someone else would react. He's going to react more so on probably on the side of Pascal at the end of the day where it's like, you know, we good. I got you. My fault. Here you go. Right type of thing. That's what I could see. So, you know, at the end of the day, like Raptors could have won that game. Right. And, you know, they was, they're on the turn it around and, you know, now they lost. Now, you know. They got to they gotta bounce back again. They got to bounce back again. We'll see how they do. You know what I'm saying? Let's even check real quick. The, and, I man, I just, I liked what I saw, man. I liked what I saw overall, like, the, how they played, how they came back. Like, that's how they're supposed to move, man. That's how they're supposed to move. But, you know, like we said, finishing has always been a lot of the issue, finishing and closing. So, we've only had one great closing situation. That was GT. So, you know, I'm seeing Nurse run plays for him. But, in certain moments, like, they couldn't avoid giving it to Pascal. That situation, you had to. KYP said to give it to him. So the fact that he fumbled the bag there is, is just atrocity. And at the end of the day, what are they? They're only – now they're two games back from Chicago. So, you know, they were one game, now they're two. So to get into that playing tournament. So, you know, this is like – this is, you know, you can't let it slip. You can't let it slip. Washington is even increasing. Washington's only one game back from you, right? So – you can't let it slip. The games are only getting smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Are you a baller? A baller? A baller. We got to find out. We'll see.
We'll see. You already know. So, ha, man. <laughs> we'll see if they can turn it around, man. That was just an atro atrocious ending, but it happens, right? It happens. We'll see what they could do and, you know, at least get into the plane at, at worst. At least. Come on. At least. At worst. At least do that. Come on now. The Clippers. The Clippers had a, you know, they had a pretty good, a pretty good, you know, weekend from Friday. They had a pretty good weekend from Friday, right? You already know. They, you know, they uh they played last night. They played the um the Pistons. They played the Pistons, and then the night before that, they played the Rockets. Cause the last game I talked about was the Suns, which was I'm pretty sure was Thursday. But they beat the Rockets, you know. They obviously they, you know, they basically kind of blew them out. You know, they turned it around. There was no PG in that game, and Kawhi went to work. And then, you know, this game they had they had the Pistons. They had the Pistons, and that one was a struggle. Kawhi didn't play that game. That one was a struggle, right? There was a struggle. They shot well, though, from the field. It was not a struggle, like, offensively. They shot 63% from the field, 57 from three, you know what I'm saying? But the struggle was defensively, right? The Pistons shot 53% from the field themselves and 47 from the three. So, obviously, you don't want to ever see that. You don't want to ever see that, right? Because, again, locking up is part of the – especially when the Clippers win, hand, you know, pretty, 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 you know, handedly is when they actually – lock up especially on the perimeter they lock up and they make it a struggle right the pistons the perimeter players everybody was just eating and josh jackson was going to work i really like josh jackson's game a lot of people were you know were shitting on him and stuff like that because he bounced the one two teams and all that type of stuff but like he's finding you know he's finding his niche they didn't have jeremy grant so he's now elevated his you know his, his usage but you know, I like his ability at the end of the day. I, I like it. And I've always liked it. I know that he struggled, but he was trying to find his way. I'm never mad at a guy struggling from Arsenal. I'm never mad at that. Eventually, you're going to figure it out. Eventually, the confidence will stay there because the fact that you're taking those takes anyways, when, you know, people think you shouldn't be, shows you already have extreme confidence. So it's not necessarily confidence. It's necessarily just the efficiency that will only improve with, you know, with comfortability. That will only improve with being more seasoned. That would, you know, all of that, those, you know, those butterflies, all of that were removed. So I'm a, like, you already have confidence is not the issue, you know, more so is the issue for someone where you, you might not ever see them get to that level of play is someone who lacks confidence, right? It's hard to gain confidence in the NBA or in any profession. It's hard to just get confidence. There's some people, they always will lack confidence, right? But gaining confidence is something that's like, ah, can you do it? Can you not? I don't know. Right. But someone who's already confident off the jump, I never have worries for them. It's more so situation. It's more so situation, right? So that's kind of what was happening with Josh Jackson. So I like to see that he's putting in that work. You know what I mean? And putting in that work. So you like to always see that. But, you know, that's a lot of the things that the casuals, you know, the media don't ever, you know, they don't ever subscribe to or pay attention to. They don't, under, they don't understand that aspect of basketball. And that's where we say being authentic to the game and understanding those things. Only the people that played actually can understand that, right? They can actually understand what goes into that. That kind of like, you know, being in those type of trenches, that type of mindset, how that affects your play, usage, like all of those things. Like there's so much that goes into that that, you know, they just erase and just sum it all down to numbers and, oh, the results of this game and the results of these misses. That's it. And, you know, you got to be able to have an advanced IQ or just, you know, understand and to actually go past that and have deep level context. So that's what I'm here for at the end of the day. And that's what I like to discuss because the general public don't do that. Right. The general public don't do that. So, you know, Josh Jackson, I like how he's increasing with that. And, you know, you love to see it. I always love to see hoopers, real hoopers, and just 
improve their situation and then end up getting the bag and just changing narratives. I always love that. And that's actually, that's one of the most things I love about basketball anyways. Right. So now the Clippers, right. They're facing the Pistons. Like I said, no Kawhi and PG, you're seeing the flow with him. You see that his toe, you know, he's starting to get more acclimated, starting to get more health, right. More healthy. And, you know, you could see it in his play, the pep in his step. You could see it in his bounce right before he was more grounded on layups, more grounded on even dunk attempts. And he was struggling with his finishes in the paint. Now you're seeing more acrobatic layups. You're seeing more like even his shot when he was struggling. He's guaranteed in the paint. He was guaranteed in the paint. Wrong foot lays. That one reverse up and under crazy layup he did. You know, with abilities, wrong hand or wrong foot, whatever. You know, and then same side. And then also punching, you know, on Isaiah Stewart. You know, you know, come welcome to the league, young boy. Young, young, young gun. Young blood. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, just basically doing that, you just see that aggression, that bounce is coming with his health, right? So not only that, then you see his flow. You see the flow with the Clippers. The flow is not necessarily too much different, even with Kawhi out. And this is why I was trying to say, like, you could see when Marcus Morris is still getting his buckets, he's isoing here and there, but his ISO isn't the same type of ISO he was normally doing, where it's like at the elbow doing the Kawhi ISOs. He's normally ISO within the flow. He gets it. There's not a one more fake pass or get it now, jab, step, escape. Right off the like flow, off the movement, off the flow, getting it within the game, looking more like a KD, right? KD don't just sit there ISO 24-7. He gets it within the flow of the offense, and that's how Marcus Morris was scoring. And that type of flow is something you're starting to see, you know, kind of just continuously have. It's due to their pace, their space, and just the tempo itself. They're starting to not slow the game and just always ISO. They ISO if they're like their flow is kind of cut off, then obviously you're going to have ISOs within the game. It's NBA, it's basketball, right? Things are going to get cut off. And, you know, they're going to have good defense at a time. And then now it ends up being an ISO. You get a switch. You want to abuse that mismatch, right? But I'm talking about just in general, the flow. If that's all you're always doing and it's always low clock ISO situations, your tempo is slow and that's all you're doing. Now you cut off the flow, right? There's not a proper flow. ISOing is never the issue. It's when you ISO and how much ISO do you get and is it in the flow? And that's what Marcus Morris was doing was in the flow. Paul George, you already know he's doing it within the flow. You know, Kennard is doing his five for six. They're running flow for him. You know, you're starting to see efficiency. Rondo is going to transition, push, and get assists in those situations. So you just see the flow was just there. Their tempo was just there. Hence the 131. Hence the, you know, the proper percentages. Hence the, you know, the three-point percentages. All of that. When they have proper flow, they normally naturally shoot with the best of them and lead the league in shooting. They always have great shooting games, right? It's the same thing you see with the Nets. When they have the flow, like those teams are more so comparable in their offensive output in terms of flow their flow when they have flow they're mainly kind of unguardable right so that's what's relative but now you know that's what i was trying to say rondo isn't the main or most impactful x-factor type of player for the clippers i was saying pat bev is because even with their flow they'll be in a close game which they shouldn't be they should be blowing out but what happens their defense isn't at the same level as intense as their flow is and that's where the defensive intensity is normally dictated by Pat Bev's presence. And that's why I was saying he's the most X-factor impactful player for the Clippers because once he starts and has that intensity on defense and has that, you know, it, it kind of has a chain reaction to everybody else. Now you have guys who are already dogs on defense like Kawhi, PG, Rondo. Everyone increases their intensity. And that's where now you see strapped defensively. They're, they're, they look like a complete whole different team because they're strapping defensively and their flow is still the same offensively. Now you see the blowouts. Now you see the output and the change and actually like, you know, just the differential in points. You see it, right? 
and that's more so dictated from their defensive side of uh, side of the ball and their their defense, you know, kind of impact and switchability, aggressiveness, you know, verticality in the paint, all of that type of stuff. It's dictated from just Pat Bev's presence in terms of their intensity. So, you know, that's why I was saying what I was saying. But again, they ended up at the right time, locked in and defended, right? And then they turned it around. They were close and even lose a majority of the game. Then they turned around at the beginning of the fourth with the bench unit when PG was in. Then they turned it around, came in tie, and then PG ended up closing with, you know, they ended up closing with the Rondo, with the Marcus Morris, and with that lineup and putting in that work, you know what I'm saying, and turning it around. So that's the one thing that people underestimate with the Clippers. They're actually deep enough that, like, Kawhi's out or PG's out. Now you have Luke Kennard step up in more so of a, you know, a better role. And then you have Marcus Morris, who could just get buckets with the best of them, like 13 for 18, 33 points. Is it 33? 33 points, 6 for 8 from the 3, 30 from 18 from the field, like arsenal buckets, like not just spot up. You look at that like he's just frying, man. He's frying, you know, and then you have PG, who's also playing better as well, 32 points, 12 for 25. You know what I mean? Obviously, he didn't do great from 3, 1 for 3, but that don't matter. He was still aggressive, continuously being aggressive, started attacking when the shot wasn't falling. And, you know, even going through calls, even when he's mad that he's not getting certain calls and he's not getting this and that in the third, he's still continuously being aggressive and continuously putting pressure on the refs and putting pressure on the defense. So, you know, I liked what I saw. I obviously liked what I saw. And, you know, that was a great win. You know, their next game is versus the Pacers. I'm pretty sure that's a Tuesday game. You know, TNT, Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not too sure. I'm pretty sure that's a Tuesday game. But, uh, um, you know, you, that's what you got to see. Uh, let's check, make sure. Facing the Pacers. The Pacers, you know, they have Karis Laverne. They have those guys. Yeah, so tomorrow game, a Tuesday game on the road. The Pacers have, you know, they still have, uh, um, you know, Karis Laverne. They have, you know, Sabonis. They need to make a turnaround fully as well, too. You know, they still have Turner. They still got Brogdon, and they got, you know, they play solid. So, you know, that's, that's going to be a good game. I'm pretty sure Kawhi will be back for that game. But, you know, I like what I saw from the Clippers, and I like how they're now in the last stretch. This is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at how do y'all play in the last stretch of games. How do y'all play? you know, coming into the playoffs, having your best basketball, playing your best intense basketball, your best flow basketball-wise in terms of assists. Like, look at their assists. Their assists, they had 37 assists, right? So when you look at that flow, that, you know, aggression on defense, their flow, that's the best pinnacle of basketball and the best tier of basketball you can see the Clippers playing. Elite offensive flow, right? Everyone hitting shots. And then defensively, everyone rotating a great defensive intensity, and stuff like that, switchability, great communication, not lost in limbo, everyone on the same page, swinging on a string. You know, when you have that, that's the best pinnacle of Clippers basketball, right? That's the best tier, and you want to be at that going into your last five games, last 10 games, last game before you get to the playoffs because now you're in a groove, and then it's, it's going to be tough playoffs, especially in the West. It's going to be tough. You're going to have bad games. You're going to have guys where games where other teams are frying because they have Arsenal. They have good talent, right? You want to be at that best mindset flow, same page. So now when you go through adversity, you can still break out of it and still find a way to win because y'all are on the same page. You're still doing the same principles. You're still doing your identity, right? That's the teams that now go to the championship. That's, those are the teams that now win series. Those are the teams that are now tough to beat. The identity, they don't waver. Yes, we not might be hitting shots, but you still do your same things. You don't change. And that's where the worry is for the Clippers. When you go through adversity, do now, oh, ISO, one-on-one, one-on-one, and then they're struggling. They're not all-world. KD, ISO, guys that it don't matter if they do that, they could do that. Break the mold, Kyrie. Go ahead and do your one-on-one. It don't matter. You know what I'm saying? 
they, they they have the guys that sometimes could be a struggle with that. If you have the right defender on him and they're kind of off or whatever, they're not going to move the same always, right? Then now that's not going to make Marcus Morris do it. Now that's going to create a whole chain reaction. You don't want to do that. Now the only the good thing where you have is you have Rondo, who is the ultimate leader, the ultimate guy that will get guys back into what they need to get back into. He's the coach on the court. You know, what are y'all doing? No, stop it. Are you no, don't do that. Are you dumb? No. Give me the rock, then I'll facilitate. Enough is enough. You have that guy. So when it all fails, you can I have more trust and more security, right? But again, as a team, you want them to be at their best play and their best flow. Health-wise, too, as well, and, uh, knees for Kawhi, you know, health for uh, uh, PG's toes. You know, you know, Rondo sometimes gets a random injury, right? You want health, health, flow, defense, all at his top, you know, top tier at his highest pinnacle, and we go from there. And that's what I'm waiting to see during these last stretch of games. And you're already seeing it, but I'm waiting to just continuously just see it with the eye test and see how it pans out, you know what I mean? So, you know. At the end of the day, that's what Elite looks like. And, you know, we'll keep going. We keep pushing. You already know, man. I appreciate y'all. It's True Talks because True Talks. Share, like, and subscribe. We out here. There's no doubt here. There's no drought here. You feel me? It's what Elite looks like, man. I like what I saw from them on the weekend. I like what I saw in general. You get what I'm saying? And, you know, this is just what Elite looks like. It's what Elite looks like. And we'll see how it kind of, you know, how things transpire and how things pan out. We got some crucial games this week. You know what I'm saying? We'll continuously, well, you know, this new format, we'll continuously do it. And, well, you know, this is what we're doing. So I appreciate y'all, you know, tune in. And if, again, y'all can't or don't want to or, you know, while you're driving, watch off the YouTube. You could as well go to whatever, um, you know, a podcast platform you deal with. And it should be there. I'm pretty sure it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor as well. I'm not too sure. There might be other other platforms. But, you know, those are the main ones. So you go through there. And the podcast for the full, you know, the full episode for the day will be up there when these videos launch at the same time. So, you know, what I mean, go check that out and, you know, you could choose each one. It's up to you. Right. So I appreciate the support. I appreciate y'all in general. You know, thank you for coming for that IQ because that's what I do. You already know, man. It's what elite looks like. You know, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Don't forget that. Share, like and subscribe. Click that notification so you know when I'm here. Because I'm here, you feel me? <laughs> I appreciate y'all, man. You already know. And I'm out, man.